Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hey, welcome to the COB. It is the 8th of the month. I can't believe we're this far into September already, but there you go. I'm Nadine Blaney. It's great to be here with you. I'm here with uh, David Scott. Scotty, how's the day? It's been fantastic. Great Tuesday. Markets are no higher. Spoos, US futures are higher as well. So the world is good once again today. And the XJO is up above that 6,000 level. Yes. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Well, you didn't think about uh, three <laughs> minutes to go in the session, but uh, the sellers rammed it higher managed to go and close at 6,007 points. So pretty solid session. Now we await the return of US investors from Labor Day holidays. See whether the, uh, the buy the dip mentality is strong. I'm looking at futures at the moment. They're up about 0.8% when I last looked for the S&P 500. Yeah, because we had that big sell-off on Thursday, the price action on Friday was interesting. We had the non-farm payrolls. It feels as if we've been waiting for the return of the US for quite some time because the question is, will there be more volatility? Will there be more of the tech names, mega tech names, I should say, rising while we also see fear and, and, and fear index uh, rising as well? So there's lots that we're hanging out for, uh, but you can't take away from the performance here today. Yes, low volume, but it was pretty good gains across most of the major sectors, and that included financials. Financials looking really sweet by the end of the session. CBF by close to 2%. Yeah, so of course the uh, financials are up at 1% in total. Uh, the REITs had a really good day. They're up about 1.8%. Energy was also on fire with a gain of more than 1.5%. It's interesting you said that I know basically all sectors, I think, apart from consumer staples, closed higher. That's not uncommon in low volume rallies. I don't know what it is about equities, but whenever it seems to be a session where there's reduced activity, it just tends to go and drift higher. And that's what we saw again today. Yeah, well, perhaps, you know, seeking shelter in names that you know, like CSL. CSL had another great session, did some of the heavy lifting today, finishing up by about 2%. Uh, you mentioned real estate. I think a center group deserves a honorable mention. It came out with rent collection data, which is a new phenomenon, given this is hashtag 2020. And the share price for a center group up by 4% by the end of the session. You know, it's all coming down to, I guess, the negotiations with some of its retail clients and also the quality of the portfolio that it holds. Exactly right. And I'm keen to go know whether any of those uh, lease agreements are being renegotiated. Uh, there's a few like fine print uh, details that weren't contained in that, uh, that announcement. Sims Metals was one of the best performers. It was up by about 8%. I'm not sure if there was any news associated with it. If there was, I didn't see it. Uh, that's a man Maybe it broke broker up. Right? Yeah, okay. JB Hi-Fi was down by about 3.4%. So we did see a bit of pressure coming in through some of these consumer discretionary names today, uh, potentially because we had consumer uh, 
confidence data, we had credit card data, we had payroll data, and we had the NAB business survey out where, today as well. Where shall we start? There's too many. Where, where are we just going to start today? Let's start with um, the NAB business survey. It's the employment read in there that's concerning because really, when it comes down to the pace of this recovery study, it's going to be all about the jobs. Yeah, it was horrible. And uh, historic uh, no tendencies and uh, no, if you go and uh, do regression analysis shows that it points to declines in, in total employment across the country. And the, the most concerning thing about it was that it was not just linked to Victoria. There was also signs of weakness in other states. Another thing that stuck out for me from the business survey was uh, forward orders, a lead indicator for both uh, investment in humans, investment in, uh, in capex was very, very weak as well. So not some great signs moving forward, but it has to be said it's only a sentiment survey. It's not actual economic activity. This is true. And the same goes for the ANZ Consumer Confidence Report. I spoke with David Plank, who's head of Australian economics at ANZ. He said, look, he was surprised by the strength in the read, considering we did have that headline GDP that screamed recession last week. Um, and, you know, worthwhile keeping in mind it doesn't encompass what happened in Victoria over the weekend with the extended lockdown and the plan, the roadmap, as it's called, out of restrictions. But again, he's saying the next big thing when it comes to ANZ, at least, determining what's going to happen in this economy will come down to the budget. So the countdown is well and truly on. And we get a lot of leaks. We get the government sort of positioning giving us hints as to what fiscal policy will be. And he said that, you know, all the data points are great. Uh, all of their information that the bank has on income and spending, great. But it's going to be policy that really determines what happens through the remainder of the year. And they think that the government will choose to put money in pockets of low to middle income earners in the first case, but that there will be spending and big spending when it comes to growth projects going forward. So. My, my point is, Scuddy, I think budget, budget, budget is going to be coming out of our lips a lot in the weeks to come. Yeah, there'll be a few uh, thought bubbles that will be uh, put up there to go and see what the, uh, what the consensus thinks. Some Floating of them, balloons. Yeah, so, balloons yeah some, some of them will be terrible, as uh, is usually the case. Some will probably stick, <laughs> but uh, we'll see. I agree with, uh, with David Plank that uh, the best bang for your buck when it comes to demand side of, uh, of the occasion is definitely to go and support low and middle income earners. Just look at what the, uh, the, the pattern has been recently uh, from the, uh, the benefits that have been paid out through JobKeeper and JobSeeker and early access to superannuation. When you give people money, they spend it. Was not to be for the buy now, pay later names today, Scuddy. Afterpay was down by 1.6%. We had the new kid on the block, Layby, after a stellar session and some buying early on today, finishing down by 1.5%. Uh, one day does not a trend make, but buy now, pay later. I mean, we had a good chat with Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool earlier, and he's saying, look, there's still a lot of questions on, around this one, a lot of risks associated with this new and hot area of the market. Yeah, I do wonder why so many buy now, pay later providers seem to flock to the uh, ASX and perhaps a, a stag profit on day one of an IP of around 50% explains exactly the reason why. But it is interesting to see why they just seem to go to the ASX and list here. Well, in fairness, a lot of them are Australian companies. Some are not, um, Sezzel comes to mind. But, you know, Layby, for example, is started in New Zealand and is offered in Australia. Yes, they want to take on the UK market. Afterpay did start in Australia. Yes, they want to take on the US and Asian markets. But, you know, you've got to start somewhere. 
I guess so. But you don't get the sense that a lot of these, I know, buy now, pay later darlings, as we call them, are only getting the tailwinds because so many people want them to become the new tech titans of Australia. You've that's, heard my view on that before, that's, I do. That's, that's exactly what I see it as. I think a lot of these businesses that are coming to market are marginal at best. Uh, I, was, I made the, uh, no, the point in my note today that when I was... Uh, a little bit younger, and I got caught. Okay, boomer by Elliot, uh, one of our producers. <laughs> when I said this, when uh, when I was asking you this, was that uh, lay by in my day was basically for people who were strapped for cash and couldn't go and pay for something up front, so they paid in installments and then got the the goods once they'd paid. But uh, fast forward to 2020, and now you basically get instant gratification. I get the good, and then you promise to go and pay it back. Uh, all at a time when we have immense economic uncertainty, we have basically people who are dealing with uh, you know very less job security than what would normally be the case. Younger people, people on lower incomes, people with a very limited credit history, and the market is just lapping it up and everything seems to be turning to gold. I just wonder what will happen moving forward. Each their own, uh, but I don't see the uh, know why so many have to come and list here. It tells me that uh, they know that they're onto a good thing when it comes to Aussie investors' appetite for these companies. You're not a boomer. When I first came to Australia, I remember lay-by at a surf shop. So this is not that long ago. Because I'm I, clearly not a boomer myself, right? According to, uh, <laughs> from a technical perspective, I'm a zenial apparently. So I'm, I've got traits I of- I want to know what that means. <laughs> Gen, Gen X and Gen Y. So I was born in the early 80s. So I'm, I'm a zenial. Grew up, I grew up with both the park and the computer. <laughs> Okay. Uh, look, if you want to listen to that interview with Scott Phillips, it's um, accessible via the show notes. We've also got an interview with the Novonix CEO, Lithium, hot area of the market as well. You can read it um, or listen to it, I should say. Watch it. Watch it. We do video um, via the show notes. And Danstra Technology, a good chat with uh, the CEO there today, uh, Christian Damstra. So that's on our show notes and also in our newsletter if you so subscribe. Uh, what have we not talked about? Let's talk about the stock of the day, shall we? So there was a real theme emerging today about the the reopening thematic with all of these vaccines, with the U.S. President Donald Trump talking about, you know, potentially having a vaccine done before the election. We'll see if that happens. But, you know, Macquarie was out with a note today talking about the reopening thematic. Um, we had a chat, good chat with Martin Crabb, CIO at Sean Partners, to close the day. And so... Sydney Airport was the stock of the day. Kashi sat down with two of his guests on the call to find out what they think about Sydney Airport. Also, worthwhile noting that it did complete its retail book build. It was a bit of a shortfall, so that entitlement offer is concluded. Uh, let's hear what Gary Glover from Novus Capital had to say about Sydney Airport. Good quality asset. Um, so you think, obviously, it's going to recover here, but... How long is the recovery? That's yeah. that's the sort of grey area at the moment. Is that you know are you are we looking six months down the track and yeah. back to normal? I don't think so. I think it's actually you know, I think once we do get back to normal, I think there's a recovery process to get back to the same sort of volumes there and same sort of farm. Um, right. So I think it's probably a two you know at least too a, early to get into. Well, I think it's a two-year lag on it here, yep. so there's probably a bit of value here. I, I just sort of think this stock here probably maybe towards that sort of lower end, maybe closer to five dollars is probably. Right. Right. If you're patient here over the next sort of six to 12 yeah. months. David, it's a high quality asset. Um, it's a monopoly business. And if you've got a monopoly business, you've pretty much got a moral duty to exploit it. And if you've ever parked at Sydney Airport, you'll know <laughs> that they exploit it very well indeed. Uh, but clearly it's a business that's effectively been furloughed at the moment. I mean, it hasn't, they have to keep operating, um, but the volumes have completely collapsed. 
as Gary points out, it's going to be a couple of years before they get back to anything like a pre-COVID uh, normality. So uh, possibly even at the time the business starts recovering, uh, they're going to have some valuation concerns if, if we do see rising interest rates. But you're years away from a recovery, yep. years away from rising interest rates. High quality, long-term asset, but just no earnings at the moment. Yep. So that's James Rosenberg from ELNC Value finishing the thoughts there on Sydney Airport. It finished down by 3% on a day that we saw some of those other travel-related stocks doing quite well. So Qantas was up by 3.7%, and I'm not drawing a line necessarily between the two. Webjet as well was uh, one of the better performers today. So optimism, optimism abounds about yeah. the reopening. Neither of our two guests liked Sydney Airport though at these levels. So that to me is a short in our, uh, in our long yeah, short hypothetical fund. So we're going to add that to the list. Done. Okay. Tomorrow, we've got uh, the Westpac Consumer Confidence Monthly Read. What will you be looking for in that? You know, hard to, hard to really... Two words. Unemployment expectations. Okay, got it. Unemployment expectations. Uh, let's just move on from that then, shall we? <laughs> we do have uh, also some Chinese data, CPI and PPI coming through at 11.30. So it'll be a busy morning. Yes, the old uh, China Pork Index has its nicknames in the uh, in the markets. And the uh, home loans data coming from the ABS at 11.30, none of which is likely to be particularly market moving, um, even when it comes to the Australian dollar. ANZ today saying that the bias is really tilted to the downside now for the Australian dollar. Uh, but again, a lot will depend on what happens with the good old green back in this uh, post Labor Day session that we're looking forward to. Yes. And look, let's be honest, I know we try and go and point to a lot of things when it comes to the currencies. And I've, uh, I've spent many years studying this dark art. And uh, to be honest, you look at the correlation uh, over a number of different uh, no, trailing periods. And it is so strong to movements in the uh, US stock yep. futures at the moment. We can go and argue to the cows come home about health outcomes and everything else. Let's be honest, a lot of the reason why the Aussie dollar is up here is because the US equities are up. It's basically a proxy for uh, no risk sentiment out there at the moment. Okay. We have Scott Shellady, the cow guy, joining us to kick off the day. We'll be talking with the CEO of BlackRock Mining at 9.40, John DeVries, and also the co-founder of Zipco, Peter Gray. So we'll be talking about... Uh, how the company is progressing and what it means, I guess, philosophically, or how it will change things, if at all, when it becomes part of the ASX 200 after Friday's rebalancing. Uh, we continue on with a whole bunch of great guests and we'll um, get to the end of the day. You get to do your little Adelaide look-in with Con Michalakis, the CIO of Statewide Super. I believe they've gone and picked up a, a few awards recently as well, so I'm sure I might give Con the opportunity to go and gloat about that. Well, why not? All right. Thanks for joining us on the COB. Share the COB love. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, and tell them to sign up for our, our website and our app as well. It'll give you lots to talk about at the next barbecue because, boy, that spring weather sure is coming upon us, isn't it? It is getting very nice out there, so I'm looking forward to being back for hump day. Do it all again then. We'll see you then. 
you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.